Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to The Golink Show. My name is Ben. I am the founder of Golink, a goal-setting community providing growth junkies, aka you, with weekly challenges to avoid complacency. These challenges are inspired by brands to bring you new ways to develop and improve yourself. You can kick back and watch me take on these exciting and uncomfortable challenges, or you can join me. I challenge every single listener to complete these weekly goals. Catch the content on Instagram or Facebook at Golink Group. The Golink Show, this podcast recounts experiences from the achievers of the world, but not just the success. We delve into the challenges and the struggle that we all face. How do we find the will to push through? What role do motivation, discipline, and failure play in our lives? Let's talk about the process and not just the result. We discuss this and much more on the show. Thanks for tuning in. This week, we have a new friend on the show. His name is Philip. He is from Texas, and this is my first interview in Greenville, South Carolina. So he came out here for a job just like me to try somewhere new. And he's the host of the Healthy Living Sessions podcast, so make sure you check that out. But we discuss his upbringing, living in a small farm or a small farm town and helping his dad in the barn, how he got disciplined more than others as a kid, just because he would listen, which was interesting. Just because he would listen and obey, he got disciplined more how encouraging and pushing others to take action, how he's doing this and how he loves to stand up for others, encouraging and pushing them, and how he has healed himself and what he's learned from being bullied as a kid, how the search for his life partner has fueled his own growth, the importance of common values in a romantic relationship, and no joke, how and why he advises to fart, yes, fart in a relationship. This took me by surprise, but get ready. Um, and why we need to impress ourselves and not others. So get ready for this interview with Philip. Let's get into it. All right, Philip, you ready to rock and roll, dude? I am. All right, man. So everyone, welcome to the Golink Show. Uh, my name is Ben. Uh, this is cool. We got the first interview of Greenville. So, dude, thanks for being the first interview of my new residence. Man, I'm really excited. Uh, like yeah. you, I'm I'm fairly new to the area too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So we connected. I reached out to him on Instagram after a networking event, GVL Hustle. That's in Greenville, South Carolina. Um, the following Saturday, we met up for some crepes, real manly. Um, and at my first impression, just a super smiley, good dude, like great energy. Like as soon as I met him, and you can't see him right now, but he is the dude is thick. <laughs> as in like good way like muscly you know yes yes I, I do i do enjoy the gym from from time to time maybe six seven days a week <laughs> yeah dude that's awesome so you mentioned that you're fairly new to greenville so how did you get here so i moved here a little over three years ago and it was because i lost my job in the oil and gas industry and that was uh, in houston in houston yeah okay. from houston texas to greenville south carolina and so I was without a job for about three months, and then I had interviewed with a company there in Houston. They decided to go with somebody who had a little bit more experience than me, but they said they really liked me, and so they wanted to bounce my resume around. Hmm. And they bounced around to several other locations they had, and uh, they had one in Greenville, really out in Seneca, about an hour away, near Clemson University. And I interviewed, uh, I said, why not? You know, I was uh, 24 and said, 
I got my whole life ahead of me. Let's try mm-hmm. it out. And I can always come back to Texas if I don't like it. And that's kind of, I mean, not exactly, but that was my same thought. Like if I don't like it, I can just go back. Let's, let's try somewhere new. Um, so how, how have you liked it so far? I have loved it. Uh, for anybody that knows Texas, uh, you're Texan first and then American, you know, so, <laughs> that's true. That's uh, uh, it, that's just how it is. So I'll always be a Texas boy through mm-hmm. and through, but I love it here. It is so amazing. It's not flat. It's not hot. <laughs> Houston is very humid. When I got here, it was so funny. Everybody's like, oh man, you're from Texas. It's dry out there. Just wait. The summers are so humid. I waited and waited <laughs> and then never got humid. Then I had to well, move to uh, Statesboro, Georgia for about a year. And that's uh, Southern Georgia near Savannah. Mm-hmm. And when I went down there for an interview in July, I was like, this is Houston, <laughs> this is humid. And so it just, it's been really interesting. Um, but I moved back here as quick as I could, uh, to South Carolina mm-hmm. just because I really missed it. And I love the, the Hills and the, the mountains being very close by. Mm-hmm. And then of course the beach isn't too far either. So it's nice. Everything's so close. Mm-hmm. And that was a big thing for me that everybody I worked with was like, oh, yeah, you know, going to Georgia this weekend or North Carolina or Tennessee. And I'm like, wait, you're going out of state for a two-day weekend. I'm like, that's ridiculous. And then I realized, oh, it's only an hour away. Because you're from Texas, which is basically another country away. Yeah, (laughs) Texas, it's a 15-hour drive east to west and a (laughs) 18 hour drive north to south dude that's wild i didn't know that stat that's crazy yeah so when i when i talk about going out of state you know it's like you spend at least four or five hours even if you're close to the one border to go out of state so it's like you're gonna spend all that time just to go for a two-day mm. weekend it's uh it's been a big transition for sure what's mi- what's one misconception about texas um that we all are our ranchers wear cowboy boots and 10 gallon hats or a cowboy hat, whatever, yeah. just a big hat. Uh, that is not true. There's not tumbleweed tumbling around everywhere either. Yeah. I mean, there's probably, there's definitely those places. <clears throat> oh yeah. Yeah. But, West, West I mean, Texas for sure. But of course you have Houston, Dallas and other big places like city cities, you know, that are huge. Yeah, right? San Antonio, and then you San got Antonio. you got Austin, which oh, they, they like to different. keep it weird. Yeah, you yeah. know they're they're proud of it, and they're uh, the opposite, complete opposite of Texas. <laughs> What's one true, I guess, per, like perception about Texas? Like when people tell you something like, "Oh, you're from Texas," you must <clears throat> blank. And what's what's a true thing? Everything's bigger in Texas. <laughs> Everything is bigger in Texas. The houses, the people, yeah. the food. Mm. I mean, you name it, it's it's bigger. And it's America's already huge in general as far as like our portions of food, for example. But you say in Texas it's bigger. Yeah. Like they yeah. I mean they've got all sorts of things. One thing I think off the top of my head is they, they have near San Antonio, they have a twelve pound cinnamon bun. <laughs> a twelve pound cinnamon bun. And then they have like a I want to say it's a 70-inch pizza as well in the San Antonio area. Those are just two, like, big foods. (laughs) 12 pounds? Yeah. A cinnamon roll. I mean, I love cinnamon rolls, but that's a lot of weight. All right, so (laughs) let's jump into fitness because I commented your physique earlier. So how did you get into fitness? Were you always into fitness? How were you growing up? Were you a fit kid, a chubby kid? What was it like? So um, 
I don't really remember this. My, my mom always said that I always kind of had muscles growing up. Never mm-hmm. really thought I was that big. Always thought I was one of the smaller guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember the first time really that people thought I had started working out, which I didn't, was when I grew four inches and gained 40 pounds over oh. the summer between eighth grade and freshman year. Woo. I just finally hit my growth spurt. That's mm-hmm. all it was. But I was like, dude, you hit the gym, you take steroids. <laughs> and I couldn't have been more than like 150. I don't know. And I, I went from sixth grade, I remember, the girls that were like on the cheer team, they they were taller than me and they weighed more than me as a boy, you know, <laughs> yeah. like this is embarrassing. And then, you know, grow up a little bit. And then um, it my senior year, I'd started wanting to work out or starting mm-hmm. to uh, hit the gym and lift weights and everything. Um, and so I didn't do it because I was doing cross country and track. And mm-hmm. of course you don't want to be really big and muscular. Although I was way bigger than all these other guys when I was running. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, so I couldn't hit the weights then, but I said, once I got to college, I said, I'm going to start lifting weights. Um, because I want to get bigger, want to get in better shape. Uh, and of course, uh, part of that was to, to get attraction from girls <laughs> Yeah, and uh-huh. It really didn't work out to get more attraction from girls. Why yeah, not? maybe maybe if I like just wanted to get laid or something, mm-hmm. that was about the only way. But to actually like date a girl for like you know to actually try and date her, it wasn't because for some reason they got intimidated. They thought because I'm this guy in great shape who loves you know fitness and eating healthy mm-hmm. that as soon as we started dating, they were going to be on some fitness plan <laughs> and and meal pl- meal plan. Yeah, like and so. Uh, I started getting more attraction from dudes. And it's more like dudes like, dang, how'd you get so yeah, big, man? Yeah. I mean, although I do get hit on by gay guys as well. So it kind of did the opposite effect that I yeah. expected when I first started out. But That's but now, funny. you know, I do it for myself. It's not no longer for um, women. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I think that's the most important thing is to do it for yourself, man. Uh, and you wake up at 4.30 in the morning, right? Yeah, between 4 and 4.30. To go to the gym just depends on what muscle. Four thirty at the latest. So excuse me, <laughs> four to four thirty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just it just works out best with my schedule. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I used to not be a morning person, but so many people uh, want to do things in the evenings. Typically, uh, obviously, nobody wants to hang out before work. It's kind of weird. Um, Dude, we should start that. We should start yeah. like, yo, let's hang out in the morning. I did do that with a friend the other day. We we yeah. were uh, usually get together like every other Tuesday, just kind of catch up and try and keep each other accountable. And uh, the other morning we said, well, hey, let's meet at seven, you know, mm-hmm. before I go into work. So I got into work. Usually I get in a little early, mm-hmm. but I got in like right at eight, you know, so we didn't talk for too long. But, you know, I did meet before work. Uh, so that was interesting. But yeah, so usually I just go in in the mornings just because it's um, it's easier for me because then I can get my thing done and then hanging out with, um, family, friends, whatever it may be. Well, I say family, it's like, you know, church family, uh, mm-hmm. friends, uh, fiance, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I can do that in the evening because they're not going to want to get up at four thirty to hang out for a couple hours before work. So yeah, that's interesting easier. though. We should try that. <laughs> I don't know. I'll, I'll think about that later. What was like your upbringing? Like just in general, like if you had to describe it, how were you raised? So I was raised on uh, a small piece of land. It was about five acres. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, say small. There's yeah. a lot of people with a lot more land than that, that mm-hmm. uh, back in Texas. But, you know, my dad was a really hardworking guy. He um, 
had a landscaping company for a while, and then he went into um, what, what you call commercial bush hogging, which is basically a big tractor and a 15-foot cutter huh. and cut fields. And so growing up, I'd always have to help him out with that, help him around the house, uh, just do just different chores. You know, my dad was, uh, you know, grew up in Alabama, was a big farm boy, and so he was all about hard work. And so I, I learned a lot about hard work. You know, I did play some sports and stuff like that, so I feel very fortunate for that. But for the most part, it was about – I go to school, come home, and uh, help my dad out at the house. You know, just change, mm-hmm. go down the down the barn, and just get to work for a couple hours, and go back to the house. Yeah. And what part? What part of Texas were you from? <laughs> a little town called uh, Hockley or Waller. Uh, mm-hmm. They kind of real close to each other. I went to Waller High School, but uh, Hockley is the city I grew up in, uh, which is northwest of of Houston, probably about an hour and a half outside of Houston an hour and a half away from College Station where Texas okay. A&M is at kind of gives some So how many people are in that town? Uh probably about in in Waller probably about 3000 I'd probably say about 1500 in, in Hockley. Okay, or cool. Maybe less. So it was definitely a small town. Yeah. And you went to school, came back and you were just got the hustle on in the barn, dude. Yep. Yep. Dude, that's like a classic. I just wanted to like for sure. I mean, I have no idea what it's like to grow up and having to do that manual labor. So I assume that shaped you, but do you have any other experiences of like what shapes you into your mindset and your hard work ethic? Um, you know, that, that definitely was the the biggest factor for me. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'd say it, it took me a while, but, uh, growing up, you know, my mom was always like, don't get in fights, don't get in fights, don't hit people and stuff like that. And it really turned me into a wimp to be honest. Uh, you know, I was always afraid of, uh, mm. you know, conflict, any kind of confrontation. You know, guys would pick on me, and i just, you know, sit there and let them do it. I just, you know, was, I felt really small, felt like I couldn't do anything, and I felt like I was going to get in trouble if I did do anything. So, mm. uh, you know, kind of grew up as a wimp as well. I mean, yeah, a little tough because, you know, I had to help my dad out down at the barn and got stronger because of that, but I also felt like a wimp because my mom says, don't do this. And then, of course, you know, being boys, you know, everybody's picking on you because Mm -hmm. you're not willing to to stand up for yourself yeah so i want to unpack that that's interesting so like where i'm from i guess that's more normal like you just don't hit and if you fight then you're like you're an idiot and you get detention you know and so was that different like did kids still get detention for getting in fights or is it more after school or when were like did those things like when did you get picked on or other people get bullied um yeah, for me, it was kind of more like on the bus and stuff. So after school, mm. and it was interesting with that is like the bus driver, anytime, just for example, what I remember is like, I would stand up, you know, way before, I, like if we were like down the street, I'd stand up getting ready to get off the bus and she'd yell at me because I was standing up. But then there was a couple other kids on the bus that stand up, be super rowdy, mm-hmm. you know, be jumping from seat to seat and, you know, messing with people. And she wouldn't say a single thing. And finally, one day, you know, I told my parents a couple of times and my dad, he's very, uh, very uh, upfront about things. And mm-hmm. that's how I've gotten now. But he he came out there and he's like, what's going on? Why do you always get on on to Philip? You don't get on <laughs> these other kids. You know, they're doing uh-huh. worse than him. Yet you're getting on to them. And, you know, it, it was interesting because she said because she knew I would listen. And so Whoa. it was really interesting that. I was getting disciplined because she knew I'd listen. Dude, that's interesting. So that might even go into what you mentioned about 
how you call yourself wimpy. I'm not sure if that's, you know, the right word or whatever, but how you're, it's just the meaning you, I know you, you listen to podcasts and everything. So you know that it's not essentially an Ed Milet, right? It's not the actual experience that happens to you, but it's what meaning you assign to it. And your mom told you to not hit and be nice, which that's a great thing to be like, be a nice person. Don't fight people. But you, the meaning you took that as like, is to be like passive. Is that what that meant? Almost. Yeah. Looking back on it, I definitely say it was more, more being passive. Just, you know, not, not aggressive at all. I can't even or say, I can't up. even say a passive aggressive. It's just not, <laughs> not yeah. being aggressive at all. You know, it's just about being passive, just mm. letting things happen to you. And it was, it was almost to a point, like, I felt like I couldn't do anything because I couldn't fight. I couldn't hit anybody. And if I, you know, did get mad at them, I did, you know, bring on any kind of aggression, I was going to get in trouble. Did that, did that carry over to other parts of your life as far as maybe your <clears throat> mental like fortitude or to like fight for yourself, like fight for what you want as far as like your goals or passions? Uh, when I was growing up, not, not so much. Mm-hmm. I would say now that that really has played a key factor. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, just going into that a little bit, um, because I knew I grew up as that that scared kid, that that wimpy kid, so to say, that that kid that was too shy to do anything. Mm-hmm. Now that I have I have gained that courage to be outgoing, to talk to others, I I, I tend to stand up for people. I, um, That's cool. You know, I, and so I guess you know I'm thankful for that experience because because I know that situation and I can. You know, not all the time, but I can see it sometimes when people want something or they want to do something, but they're afraid to. And that's when I'll step in and, and say something. Um, you know, a good example is uh, a guy that you just met recently as well, mm-hmm. Hudson. He, um, you know, we were at a GVL Hustle event like uh, two months ago, and he was like really wanting to go over and talk to Tyler Harris, one of the guys that runs that thing. And, you know, but we were standing next to each other talking and then Tyler came up and I started talking to Tyler and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then Tyler was just like, all right, man, well, I got to go. Mm-hmm. And so Tyler leaves and Hudson was like, well, y'all just talk to him another time. Mm. I said, no, if you want to talk to him, go over there and talk to him. And he's like, nah, but he's busy. I'm like, dude, we're here to network. We're here to talk to people. Just yeah. go talk to him. It's going to be okay. And you know what? He went and talked to him. That's awesome. And, and it might've not been from that, that I mean, I know there's other things that played into this, but now the dude has an internship with the guy that mm-hmm. he's he's meeting with him once a week now, and I I do believe part of what, me spurring him to go talk to him helped out with that. I mean, he did a lot of stuff on his own to make it happen, but you know, I just wonder how much that played a role. Well, that's cool, and he could have still not done it, right? Like he still took the action to listen and go do it, because there's a lot of people you say do this or do that, or, Hey, I think that's a good idea, but he still took the action himself. So props to him from doing that. Yeah, that's cool. That's a good story. Thanks for sharing that. And what, what are some of your personal experiences? How did you get over that? Cause I don't sense any sort of, you know, some people who are maybe bullied might be angry now. I don't mm-hmm. sense any anger from you at all. So how did you heal from that or, start to challenge yourself and grow beyond 
being nervous or scared and to be confident? Well, uh, it was the desire to want to change. And, you know, it's funny you say if I'm really happy now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I agree. Like, I, I try and be positive. And that's, that's something I have to try to do. It, it, it does come natural for the most part. But there are times where I'm like, I don't want to be happy. Um, you know, kind of grew up. My dad was very uh, pessimistic, you know, love him to death. But he'd always kind of think of, you know, worst case scenario sometimes. And, mm-hmm. and that, you know that bled into who I was. And so I used to also be very angry, very, very short fused. I would blow up really quick. Uh, once I, once I got past the point of being shy and timid, um, and usually it was around my family more than anything. And, you know, um, I don't really regret it. I mean, it's just part of who I am, but I do hate when I, when I am that way. Um, but how I changed that was, you know, as cliche as it is, mm-hmm. is I simply want it to change. Mm-hmm. And I knew if I wanted to find a, a soulmate, somebody that was, you know, I could, I could make happy. I had to be the best person I could be. You know, I wanted it for me, but I also wanted to be somebody better for somebody else. Cause I, I That's knew, cool. I knew if I didn't improve myself, I, if I didn't become better, I wasn't going to be good enough for the person I wanted. Ooh, that's good, dude. So the future, the future love and wife, like you did it like for yourself, of course, but you knew like the person that you wanted, you wanted to be able to contribute and be a happy whole person to bring to that partnership. Yeah. And this, this started from 18 Mm -hmm. years old. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, once I got to college, it's like, you know, I, I had been doing some changes before then, but college is really you know 18 to 20 somewhere in there is when i really started figuring that out and it took several relationships and like seven years you know i get you know before i finally found the one that Mm -hmm. i wanted to be with and you know now engaged um so it took it took a long time you know it it takes a while but as long as you're you're trying to work on it that's what really matters people are going to notice that more than anything else, mm-hmm. especially women, they really can sense somehow it's like a sixth sense or <laughs> seventh or whatever sense. Anyways, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, that, that who you really are, they can, they can see the ulterior motive that you have mm-hmm. when you're trying to talk to them. And, and, you know, again, who you are as a person, not the person you're presenting to them. Hmm. I like that. So for anyone who's listening, like a kid or person, even full grown adult, or maybe even an elderly, elderly person who still feels like they feel silenced or they feel like they can't speak up or they feel scared for some, whatever reason, what's one practical tool or step or challenge that you would give them so they can start today to get beyond that? Figuring out what you want. If you don't know what you want, you're going. You're just going down a path, and you have no idea where you're going. You know, it's like it's like getting in the car and just you know heading down some back road that you have no idea where it goes. You're just kind of going, and you're saying you're going somewhere. Hmm. Okay, well, where is it that you're going? So first, you need to figure out exactly where you want to go, and then get started. It might be just things you think are going to take you in that direction or, you know, 
just kind of bring an example, you know, if you, if you have anger problems, like I used to just fly off the handle about anything. It could be like, like your, the, chick, the, 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 your Chick-fil-A order getting wrong. You got 11 nuggets instead of 12. Yeah. No, that, that would never happen. <laughs> that, that would never happen at Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. They have too much of a high standard. Yeah. yeah, plus they're always right anyways. I really only wanted 11, not 12. Oh, there you go. <laughs> but uh-huh. but no, like, you know, it would be like inanimate objects, like my phone not being fast enough, I'd mm. start getting angry. And, you know, so just little things like that. But if you're if you, you get angry like that, you, you need to decide, like, oh, I don't want to be angry anymore. Okay, well, how do you not be angry? Well, try and control that anger. Like, if you know something sets you off easily stop doing that you know stop being around the people maybe that Mm. give you that negative mindset you know there's there's little things you can do of course there's plenty of podcasts you can listen to uh to figure this out but i mean that's something you can start with now but you have to figure out that goal you want to get to what you want to either add or remove from your life and then just get started on it and, you know, figure it out as you go because making the game plan is great. But until you actually start taking action on that, it's not going to do anything for you. Dude, I love that. <clears throat> so you mentioned, you know, it took a, quite a few relationships and years to find the person, you know, your life partner. What? So for me, I recently reflected on this about how each relationship I've gotten, I've, found like the person I was with, I get closer to the person that I want to be with each time. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like I get it more and more right. And I learn more and more of what I don't want. If that makes sense. And of course I learn more about myself every time. Do you have any like experiences or like lightning bolt moments of like, Oh wow. Like that's why like I don't want to be with that person or that's why I want to be with this type of person or any, thing that you can remember about just a life lesson from a relationship that didn't Man. work out. Cause there's plenty of lessons and failures. Yeah. I mean, looking back, I, I would say not, not being willing to commit. I mean, so that's I, on I've, you. I've, you aren't I've, willing to I've, commit. I've talked. No, well, I mean, I've always, you know, kind of like, Oh, I want to commit, but then what ends up happening is I let, some little thing kind of get in the way and thinking, mm-hmm. Oh, this one isn't the right one. Dude, yep. And then kind of just wasting both of our times and just kind of keeping talking to her because you know, well, she's fun, you know, it's, it, you know, fun to make out with her or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, just, uh, having that person there. Um, and rather than saying, look, it's not working out, you know, this is not what I'm looking for and, and moving on. And, you know, I had to do a lot of self-reflection. I'd say the point where I finally started figuring myself out and figuring out exactly what I wanted. You always you know, knew roughly what I wanted. But I kept dating and girls and kind of finding the same girls. You know, it would always be, you know, she'd be attractive, of course. You know, I mean, that's important. Um, you know, it would be fit maybe. Not all of them were fit. Um, you know, but we wouldn't have much in common. And one of the things would be like, you know, she'd say she's religious, but she really wasn't religious. And I'd always, you know, I'd always like kind of put it off like, no, no, like, you know, I'll wait. I don't, I don't want to say like, this is what I believe. If you don't, if you don't believe it or, you know, you don't want to go to church with me even like, 
then this isn't going to work out because a lot of times they'd be like, you know, they'd be religious, but they wouldn't go to church. Mm-hmm. Like they wouldn't go to church on their own. It's like, it's one thing to not have gone with me because like, you know, I'm not going to force somebody to go to church with me if they have their own church, you know, like let's study the Bible and figure it out together. Mm-hmm. But it would just be like, oh, well, I'll hold off and, and, and wait until we build a relationship more when I should have been building that relationship around church because that was the most important thing to me overall. Because that's your value. <clears throat> exactly. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't do that. And hmm. really where things started changing is, uh, and I, I'm not remembering the book off the top of my head, um, it, it's basically a book for guys, like how how do, um, not, not really like, play girls per se or anything like that but but to be it's basically it's just saying to be more intentional be upfront with who you are and and just tell them what you think and i'd say that with my fiance that was the biggest thing with her and i and i i had once i read that book i probably i probably dated one other girl before her mm-hmm. and you know just things didn't work out we were both very strong in our own beliefs and you know we were kind of stuck on that uh, uh, per se. And so it just didn't work out. But then with my fiance and I, you know, I was just more upfront with her because the other one was like, yeah, you know, I want to go to church. No, no. And like, she went to her own church, but it was just kind of like, kind of still skated around the issue. And I just told my fiance, I'm like, look, well, of course it's before she's my fiance, but you know, I was like, look, <laughs> we're going to church or we're not dating. Mm-hmm. And, and she was like, okay, yeah. And she went, you know, would go and then wouldn't go. And, you know, finally just one day I was like, look, I, I don't think this is going to work out. And, you know, she mm. starts bawling. She's like, what do you mean? I, I was like, oh, you know, you're not going to church with me. You know, you kind of, sometimes you will, sometimes you won't. I'm like, I want somebody that's going to go to church with me. And then she was all like, oh, I didn't, I didn't realize it was that important mm. to you. And so it's because, you know, I mean, sad, it stinks. And sometimes she gives me a hard time about it, but I had to threaten to break up with her for her to realize just how important it was to me. But, you know, I, because I stressed that importance, she realized how important it was to me. So that's, that's advice I'd give to anybody who's Mm. trying to get into a relationship or is having trouble with their relationship now to stress the things that are important to you communicate it, man yeah communication Clearly. is key and one thing my mom always kind of has said is like yo choose your battles you know so it's the same thing choose the things that are really important to you stick with those like because you can't you know, do everything yeah like fitness is huge to me but it's not something that is required for a, a you know girlfriend wife whatever um that but it used to be but then i realized this is not that important we're going to get older there's going to be a time where <laughs> we're not going to be able to be fit what's more yeah. important to me is her soul is her mm. mind and so Love i it, gave up the whole she's got to be fit she's got to be in in super great shape because i've i've dated some really beautiful women so some women that are in amazing shape and i couldn't connect with them on on a spiritual or mental mm. level at all and so when I finally focused on what was truly important to me, that's when I found the one. Boom, dude. You better play this for a fiance, dude, because 
major points, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, well yeah. yes and no. Maybe, maybe not. Because if, if, we'll I, if I let her Choose listen your battles, to it, dude. Choose your battles. If I let her listen to it, she's going to gripe at me again about breaking up, almost breaking up with her that one yeah, time. Yeah, well, I don't even look at it like almost breaking up. I look at it as she didn't understand you and maybe you didn't clearly communicate how important it was the first time. And maybe and, you thought it did in your head, but dude, I am victim of this all the time. I think I say something, but I only think it instead of actually saying it. And I'm like, why isn't this person doing this? And I don't set my expectation or what I want. And it's just a f like, it's dumb, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, that's one thing we said, like, mm -hmm. Oh, you know, she's like, I didn't realize it. You, you didn't tell me. And I was like, you're right. I didn't tell you, mm. you know, I, I you know, I kind of told you like, yeah, I go to church. Church is important, but I didn't emphasize that. I just said church is important. Okay. Yeah. Who, who that is religious is going to say, oh yeah, I'm religious, but church isn't important to me. Like nobody's going to say that. So you really have to emphasize that point because just because you say it, uh, and you have to show it as well, but just because you say it doesn't mean that people are going to realize it. Uh, and also another point mm -hmm. is, is be yourself. Um, fart around them. <laughs> I mean, I would be, I would be like, that's going like, to be seriously. The don't, obviously not like a first or second date, <laughs> but I mean, be yourself. And, and, and th this falls on the that's guys because awesome, like, as a Dude, as a guy, too, man. I Dude. mean, girls do fart. Don't get me wrong, but but the, if the guy doesn't just let it happen and be the one to relax, like the girl's not gonna relax. These girls are oh, very so are, are very worried about that. You know, not being feminine, and mm -hmm. you know, not that farting is masculine by any means, but you know. You have just just be yourself, and that includes the farts. Everybody Dude. does it. Everybody's got gas. So that <laughs> that that's another point I'd bring up is just just do that. Number one and most important thing, um, let it go. That <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna be the clip that we promote for this episode is. Just fart. <laughs> that'll, that'll for sure get so many views. Dude. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, dude, congrats on like being engaged, finding the one, and I've wholeheartedly believe that you setting those your foundation your values like your corner cornerstones or pillars that's one thing i've learned too so that's cool that you say that of don't date someone that doesn't line up with you like for me i'm victim of, of hoping that it works out not necessarily that i will change them right mm -hmm. i think that's also something that girls do they try and change men of to who they want them to become but if you don't like that person you're meeting right now, of course you can grow into it, but the true foundation and personality and values of that person, you need to make sure those align and then you can grow. Of course, it's not going to be easy. There's going to be problems, but if the core is strong, then you can go through stuff, you know? Yeah. I mean, because when two become one, there's going to be compromises. I mean, you can't get around it. You're not going to find somebody perfect. But you also don't want somebody perfect. That's the, the mm. beautiful thing about love, that you want to do so much for that person. Like, she, she my fiance, mm -hmm. Brooke, gets hangry a lot. Mm -hmm. So now I have snacks around the house, <laughs> like, you know, 
like different drawers, you know, different drawers. Yeah. <laughs> and I have Dr. Pepper there. There's like six or seven Dr. Peppers sitting there waiting for her in the fridge, nice and cold. And I never had that stuff before, but yeah. I know that's something she needs and also mm. benefits me because when she gets hangry, I'm just, here you go. Here's a little snack. <laughs> and, and she's good to go, you know, but, that's but, funny, but man. seriously, you know, it's just compromising like that. And, and because for me, that's a struggle having some of those snacks because some of those snacks are pretty good, but you know, it's like, I, those are hers. I try to like keep them to her, but I, I do, I do sneak in a snack here every once in a while. Well, that's her compromise, dude. Um, what about you? What's switching to yourself, like in, you know, your current relationship, what's something like, what do you think is something that people may struggle, not necessarily struggle, but I'm going to say struggle with or compromise mm. like with you, like what's something that, I don't know, we'll say weakness or not so much of a strength that people are like, I love Philip, but this one thing, what's uh, your imperfection? Well, with my fiance, uh -huh. it's my being uh, upfront and straightforward about things. Interesting. Especially when we go out to eat because mm -hmm. in the South, it's always courteous just to ask, Oh, how'd you like the food? And you're supposed to say, good, no Oh, it what. was good. No matter what. Yeah. No matter what. Well, we went to this one place and I got barbecue chicken pizza mm -hmm. and it tasted like bread and barbecue <laughs> yeah. and there was no chicken. And she asked how it was. And I said that I said it wasn't good. It, it, <laughs> it tasted like barbecue and bread. <laughs> I was like, there was like no chicken on there. Mm -hmm. And of course, I got a kick in the shin yeah, under the table yeah, a couple of yeah. times. That's fine. And so, you know, she's trying to teach me to not be so upfront about things and so i joke i'm just like yeah yeah that's what i'm gonna say now even though she asked a yes or no question or i guess you want to oh it was good or not good i'm just say uh-huh yeah you know joking with her but um mm. besides that i i would probably say the fact that i'm and it's like a it's like a blessing and a curse because mm -hmm. i'm such a go-getter and i think about all these ideas mm -hmm. and i want to go after them all I don't want to go after one or two, kind of get that going and then start the next thing. Mm. I want to go after it all. And so I think about it and I just do it. And so it's a blessing and a curse because, you know, it's great because I go after it and I don't wait for somebody to give me permission or anything. But it's also a curse because I think a lot and I have a lot of ideas. And mm -hmm. so sometimes I neglect the things that I first started because I found a new hmm. shiny object to go chase okay. after. That's good. Yeah, thanks for being honest and self-aware with that. Um, shoot, dude, what about let's, let's just not, I mean, we're not dogging on you the whole episode, of course, but what's your favorite attribute about yourself? Favorite attribute. Um, I, I honestly would probably say my smile because I, I know mm. a lot of people make comments about that. And <laughs> nice, I mean, it's, it's because I, I'm happy, you know, I, I'm happy mm. to see people. I know that me smiling and being happy, um, brings joy to other people. And that's, that's a, a big goal in life for me is to, to bring joy to others and also to, to influence them. So, you know, I would say as far as like physical attribute, it'd definitely be like my smile as far as, um, like a mental attribute, I would say the, the, the strength and resilience I have to, to, to stand up for others because I've been mm. there before, as we talked earlier, yeah. you know, I've been in other people's shoes where they're too shy to, 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 
speak up or too shy to do something and I, I can take the blow, so to say, or, you know, like being in class, um, teaching, you know, it's hard being a teacher, especially like in, in Bible class and stuff. And so when I'm the student in the class, I try and, you know, either read the scriptures that they ask to read or ask questions or make comments because I know how hard it is to be in front of an audience. And mm-hmm. so I feel like that's my, my strongest attribute is to influence others and also participate, I guess, you know, speak up for others as well. That's cool. I like the smile <laughs> comment because at first I thought you were just going to say, I like my smile, like my teeth, they're great, you know, <laughs> but it was there's more meaning to that. It's what the smile brings and what it means to people, like the energy. And that's really cool, man. I like that of like how you can influence people. And I posted this a while ago, but essentially to be the light, like don't wait for someone or something to bring you happiness. Like what you're doing, like be the light, dude. Like Mm -hmm. why not you be the happy, you be the happy thing and go into a room and like influence people and smile. Like, don't wait for anybody to do that. Why don't you just be that person? Yeah, because the problem with waiting is that it's more than likely not gonna happen. (laughs) Yeah, that's true, dude. Okay, cool, I love that. And so we've come to the segment in the show that I call Scroll My Soul. So, yeah, see there's a smile. Scroll My Soul, I like it. There we go, dude, and that smile. It just brought me, it (laughs) has made me happy. I saw you smile. Um, so it's called scroll my soul. And the reason why it's called scroll my soul is because after podcasts or reading books or conversations or just meditating, I write down some inspirations or thoughts, you know, I just write journal Mm -hmm. and then I randomly scroll through my phone and then I stop and then I read what I wrote and I believe that it's somehow meant for this conversation. And so I want you to tell you, tell me what it means to you. Mm -hmm. And just how you resonate with it. Cool. Okay. So what I got for you is start impressing yourself and not others. So start impressing yourself and not others. What does that mean? So that means to to worry about yourself, to to improve yourself in a way. And to me, that's like setting setting some kind of goal. And it's a goal that's going to impress you. So this is going to be more of an internal thing instead of external. Yeah, you know, you could impress yourself by getting a Lamborghini, but you're also impressing other people. So in order mm-hmm. to impress yourself and to other people, it has to be some kind of mental breakthrough. And for me, that, that would be... Um, I, I, man, I'm trying to trying to think of exactly what that would be for me. Um, it, it'd probably just be more um, more confidence in myself. I mean, people think I'm confident, but I oftentimes uh, do get shy about mm-hmm. you know speaking up more uh, for myself. I mean, I'll speak up for others way more than I'll speak up for myself. So having that that internal confidence in myself and in my ability. Is oftentimes I, I do struggle with that, especially like with my new job. To uh, to I struggle with that because I'm like, man, I don't know enough. I'm afraid to go do it. And mm-hmm. I've noticed, like nine times out of ten, when I do just have that, I guess, ghost confidence in myself, and mm-hmm. I just go after it, even though if I'm like, I really have no idea what I'm doing, uh, I end up doing way better than when I'm like, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. I guess I'll try this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just having 
more confidence in myself is going to bring on um, more um, good things in my life. Okay, cool, dude. Yeah, and I think like impress yourself. Don't worry about other people because yeah. one, people could lie. They're not going to tell you what they think all the time. Mm. Like you're with yourself twenty four seven. Like you're in, we're in our heads all the time, and so really, you should be someone that you want to be with. You know, like yeah. impress yourself. Like when you're like you're saying you're, you know, shy or whatever, then you speak up. You impress yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, you did it for you. You didn't do it because, of course, it feeds your ego when other people say like, "Hey, Philip, like you're awesome. Thanks for sticking up for me," or something like that. Yeah. But really, it's the fact that you took that step in fear. So that's cool, man. All right, dude. Well, thanks for being on the show. Do you have any last tips or advice for the peeps out there? Just take action. Whatever mm. it is you want to do, just go for it. Nothing's nothing's holding you back but yourself. Okay, dude. And I think that's that's simple and easy advice. Um, but what is like we thought this was show was over, but no, I'm going to ask one more question. Oh no. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you thought this was going to be an easy thing, dude, but we're going deep here. <laughs> um, so like, what's one thing that you took action on? Cause I think it's so easy for us just to say, take action, but really like, what does that mean? Like, and so other people can grasp that. Like what does take action for you mean? And how have you seen its benefit? Take action to me mm-hmm. means doing something that I may not know and, and do, and just figuring it out as I go. Um, I'll give you a couple of examples. A couple mm-hmm. months ago, started a podcast a couple months ago, mm. went from electrical engineering to commercial real estate sales, mm-hmm. um, f- getting a fiance, you know, it, it perfect. No, nobody, no man or woman knows what a woman's thinking. Mm-hmm. And it, it, I have, just took action on myself more than on her to figure out what I needed to do to be the right person for her. Well, and you didn't wait for anyone. You didn't wait for an opportunity. It goes back to the story of Mm -hmm. Hudson about like, go talk to him. Yeah. You started a podcast. You just do it. You just take the step. You take the action. Yeah. Well, just like us meeting, Mm -hmm. you know, you took that action to reach out to me and because of that we we met for a, a very manly <laughs> yeah. breakfast and then uh now we're here you mm-hmm. know second time we're meeting we you know we talked in between then but you know second time meeting and here we are doing a yep. podcast together mm-hmm. you know it's all about just taking that action uh, and that's you know i met several other people that way too mm-hmm. uh over the past couple of months because i just reached out and it may not have been like on one initial reach out you know with us it was some people aren't quite that open you know it just takes a little bit but you know like i was on uh ted faden's podcast as well and that was one thing i did with him but i kept kind of you know planting the seed out there so to Mm -hmm. say not like hey we should get together sometime oh hey look have Mm -hmm. you ever thought about getting together you know no it was just like kind of just talking with him having a conversation and then something kind of came up and i just said let's do a podcast together and then he's like, okay, yeah. But because I took that action to ask him, it happened. So without action, nothing will happen. Boom. I love it, dude. That's a perfect way to end it. <laughs> Thank you, sir. For real. I appreciate you coming out. Thank you. It's been awesome meeting you. Only the second time, but I, I assume 
are. Oh, we'll be hanging out more. Uh, I, I love the out. conversations we have so far, and okay, and I I'm honored to be on this show. It's been really awesome. Okay, thanks, bro. Appreciate it. Adios. All right, y'all. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Philip, and make sure to check out his podcast. It's called Healthy Living Sessions by Philip Sessions. So make sure you go check that out. I appreciate appreciate him stopping by. This week's challenge is inspired by Robin Sharma and his new book, The 5 a.m. Club, which, I mean, Philip also has inspired me because he wakes up by 4.30 at the latest. So this week's challenge is inspired by The 5 a.m. Club. Wake up at or before 5 a.m. just two times this week. That's all we're asking is to wake up by 5 a.m. two times. You can meditate, journal, read, yoga, hit the gym, work on a project, email, a mix of those things, none of those things. We don't care what you do right now. The goal is to get up by 5 a.m. So let's do it and make sure you tag us in your stories when you do this. So once you wake up by 5 a.m., for me, my alarm, if I use an alarm is set, up, is set for 5.05, I'm gonna set it at 4.59 because I gotta get my butt up. So there are a few ways you can report back once you complete the challenge. So twice this week, make sure you report back to us. You can post on Facebook or Instagram using hashtag GoLinkChallenge. Tag us in your stories. So just tag at GoLink Group on your Instagram stories or use the GoLink hotline. To use the hotline, call 385-626-0525 and follow the instructions. Follow us at GoLink Group on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. My name is Ben. I love you. This is the GoLink Show. Let's wake up before 5 a.m. this week and get after it. Yeah.